0: And we are live. So this is episode three of the Tubby Bear podcast. And today's topic will be streetwear and graphic design. And today's guest is Josie's photographer and a fellow sneakerhead, which we always appreciate. And Plantler, welcome, sir. It's nice to uh, be on your podcast, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Speak about turnaround time. So uh, how did you get into sneakers? Um, yo, it was from a very early age um
1: I would say uh it was through okay the for me for me getting deeper into sneakers, it was really mm. through my uncle. he exposed me to a lot of stuff, so he was like the first guy I knew with Jordan's. You know, mm. the first guy that I knew that would actually go to the stores and like not necessarily camp out, but you know, mm. he he was well known amongst a lot of sneakerheads yeah. around that time, you know, and he had a whole lot of uh, these shoes when he was growing up because obviously he's he's a lot older and he he was he was living in the era whereby. Jordans were still new and the Air Force mm. and the Blazers and all of that so yeah I, I I would say he he's my real influence and then you know once you see those things and it's just like yo <laughs> this thing is cool man so yeah, yeah you yeah. just go deeper into it but to be honest I've always liked sneakers even as a young kid I used to have a whole lot of sneakers but it was like it wasn't something that I, I I knew that I liked. It was just you know I just wanted yeah, to sure. to have some cool shoes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me as well. Like I, I grew up in I've lived in seven different countries. So I spent oh. the majority of my life in the Middle East. So how I got into sneakers there was I played a lot of soccer. So I just kept like looking mm-hmm. at the news like soccer shoes. And then after, as I grew older, you know, hobbies changed. So now I'm into sneakers, eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I saw on, I know you you put up some work on Yom Zanzi, the Puma RSX. Like, could you give us like a breakdown, like your experience with the shoe? Like, would you recommend it? Uh yeah, actually
1: I would. And it's actually right here. Um been, <laughs> right been, beside yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a shoe that I've been wearing a lot during this lockdown, surprisingly, mm-hmm. even though I got nowhere to really go. But like you know when we go for these little essential runs. Yeah, the runs. Yeah, it's it's a shoe that I actually always choose to wear because mm. I, i've got nowhere else to wear it so and puma sent me the stuff so i i you know i okay. had to try it out some one way or another so it's yo it took me by surprise eh because mm. that's actually my first puma shoe i thought my first puma shoe would always be the clyde or the puma oh, suede the classics yeah the yeah strings. but you know i had to come with something new and i'm i'm really grateful that um puma sent me that yeah, shoe because uh, it's an amazing shoe and for the price that it's at sure it's not yeah it's not the most expensive shoe but it's not the most cheap mm. shoe you know but it, the yeah. price is justifiable because of the comfort the materials used and for me the design you know
0: like there's yeah, just... nothing that looks like it <laughs> You know? Yeah, for the listeners who don't know what you're talking about, you can hit up his IG. I know you go- they sent you the blue and black pair.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's the Ethere ethereal blue or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. It's it's got like this gradient whereby it transitions from blue to grey. It's a very cool shoe mm-hmm. in my opinion
0: yeah and yeah i think puma has been i think they're really on the come-up right now like other brands need to watch out
1: yeah and i i like i like the fact that um they they're more involved with like south african street culture and uh, Mm. actually not just south african like a whole load of artists around the world you know have been collaborating with puma and it's something that I wish could happen a lot more with other brands. But, mm. you know, I guess Puma sees the value of not just having people with a whole lot of numbers and, you know, mm. a whole lot of popularity mm. behind their brand. It's it's bigger than that. You know, there's low-level people that have a whole lot mm. of influence. like Like me, I don't have... A million followers on Instagram but you know I could easily <laughs> convince someone to buy that shoe because they saw me rocking mm. it and you know a lot of people know me for liking sneakers
0: and and so forth yeah. yeah and I love you brought that point up and that leads us right nicely into the next question like mm. you, I think you you mentioned how Puma like you take Nike and Adidas like those guys have like almost the Lamborghini and Ferrari of the car, like those guys have been going at it. Do you think it's a smart move for Puma to do that? Because it's almost like they're tapping in into like a untapped market?
1: I think it is a very smart move because another thing is, don't forget that the world is changing. So the people that are actually really gonna bring change, I think, are the people that are not that well known, you know. Sure mm-hmm. the people that are up there and have the million followers and, you know, they they can influence a lot too, but I feel like the real change is what is is mm-hmm. from the people that are on the ground, you know, like mm-hmm. people you see in the streets and all of that. And I feel like if you invest more in into that your brand will not only cater to a larger market, but it will seem like, yo, we can all get this, you know? It's nothing uh, exclusive in a sense. And, and there's nothing wrong with exclusive exclusivity, but, I mean, it's, uh, your, your brand is not uh, <laughs> catering for one market. And I, I, I feel like it's a, it's a good thing from Puma. Especially in mm. South Africa, where, where we, there's a whole lot of politics in mm. the sneaker market, the fashion, and all of that. You know, we we like yeah. praising, uh, people with numbers, and mm. sure, numbers do, do do their job, but I mean, it's not mm. everything. You know.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I agree with the point which you brought up. And you mentioned Instagram, and I always love to look at like a lot of Instagram accounts. And sometimes, like I'm also a kind of a photographer. You look at like some guys with a thousand followers, three thousand followers, but I mm-hmm. found guys with like five hundred and even three hundred followers, and their co- the quality of the content is like much more consistent. Yeah,
1: you see, because. One thing that I've realized about Insta—I've had Instagram you know, almost, I think, since when it started. I think it was like twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah I've had there. Instagram for like since the beginning. And you know, for a person that has had it for that long, you would expect me to have way more followers, but yeah. I don't. But surprisingly, mm-hmm. the influence that I could have on people could be greater mm-hmm. than someone that has. 10,000 or 20,000 followers, you know. Yeah. It just depends yeah, that's... on it just depends on, on 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 how you um look at things, you know. I but yeah, I guess yeah, numbers do matter in in certain cases.
0: Yeah, I do I do agree with that. And where would you say the South African like culture is going because for me in my opinion I've traveled a lot and what I can say with here, the Middle East and other African countries, it feels like we're almost following like the American trends. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't. Okay. In a sense,
1: because the brands don't give us everything. I mean, we don't have much of a choice, you know, because yeah. we don't, we don't have, um, as much creative freedom as they have that side you know for example we just had aka collaborate with Reebok now yeah uh, and he's like one of the few south african artists that have collaborated and made a shoe of of his own whereby you look at the usa you can name 10 artists that have had their own shoes you can name more than that even you know, that have had their own lines of clothing and so forth. So I mean, it's we don't have much of a choice what to follow their trends because the brands don't show us enough love. And they like I said, they're not on the ground as much as they should be. There's so many dope creatives out there that can create amazing things. And I know a lot of them personally, you know? And I feel like brands should look they should dive deeper into uh south african culture you know there's so many people that are are creatives and willing to create for these brands you know it's just you need a chance and i guess some brands will give you that chance Mm. but it's yeah it's a a process i guess
0: yeah i think for me with the degree I'm studying in university which is corporate communication I'm basically Mm. the guy who looks for it could be a person different companies and sponsor the people so Mm. the way I see it is that a lot of these companies have a lot of money but most of the time they graduate more to like let's say the youtuber with let's say a million followers or a million subscribers but I think it's harder to tap into the, like you say, be the person on the ground because, like, everything with these big brands, it's business. Would you yeah. say we, maybe we should try, like I know you said on the Yom Zanzi interview that you wanted to be, like, a photographer on Hype Piece. Don't you think we might be wanting to try to do some like, make our own Hype Piece? I know Mzansi Zanzi has kicked us off.
1: Yeah. So what I meant by that, right, is I, I think I also said it in the in the interview actually, whereby I was like, We have enough power to create our own um mm. hype hype beast magazine and, and so forth. And yeah, it's something that is in the works with like some of the homies, even with Yom's auntie, they they're about to create they they've been creating a whole lot of stuff, you know. And I feel that we do have the power to create our own um Peace magazine uh, it's just a matter of i think south africans being more exposed to the culture firstly um but i think there's already a large following of um street culture in south africa and i see it a lot when i go to uh events like sneaker exchange um that, that is like, you know, and all these uh, other events like Cotton Fest and so forth. Yes, that is exactly. like, yeah, that is a very big indicator of where the culture is going and how powerful, um, how much power the culture actually has. So I think in, in, in creating our own hype beast, it will be successful one day. But I mean, right now, I don't think south africa is ready for that you know because i know mm. a couple of homies that have a, a digital magazine that is you know quite similar to that and i i understand the idea behind it but i i'm mm. i i think south africans are just not there yet you know and surely, surely we will you know give it give it at least five years I think, yeah. yeah, we we will have something that big.
0: Yeah, and I, was, I spoke to another guy, Liam Swartz, and we were speaking about if we're going to get any sneakers, because I stay in Cape Town. And mm. obviously, I know there is a lot of politics to where brands are based, like obviously you're going to get the HQ, like for Nike in New York, America. Mm. Do you think there might be... Like, any chance that we get... I think it's probably more likely in your city, Josie, that we get, like, an HQ...
1: I think there is already a Nike South Africa slash Africa in Joburg already. But I'm not too sure about that, you know. (laughs) I'd have to ask some of the homies. But, yeah, I think there already is. It's just a matter of, I guess... Them collaborating with more artists, you know. But mm. they South Nike South Africa also does a good job. You know, they 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 collaborated with uh, Arabo Poppy. They collaborate with uh, Man. Uh, I forgot that lady's name. Uh, Mante something. Yeah. But anyway, like there's a whole lot of South African artists that they collaborate with, and I, I feel like they're also doing a good job. It's just the, for me on my side. I mm. think they need to dive deeper into South African street culture. Like, there's Mm -hmm. a whole lot of creatives, man, that deserve a chance. It might not be me, you know, but there's a whole lot of (laughs) other homies. (laughs) Like, when I say creatives, I'm not just talking about me, but there's a whole lot of other homies that do so much dope work mm. and they would love the opportunity to to collaborate with such a brand but I don't know <laughs> I feel like we're not given the chance but I mean nobody gives you a chance <laughs> you just yeah, it's gotta true. create your own
0: <laughs> I feel like for me my next question would be what Obviously, our chance might not be now, as like you said, we're not at the hype piece, like at yeah. that caliber. What do you think? Like, um, like you said, sneaker, co- uh, sneaker, <laughs> uh, sneaker exchange. What do you think? Um, s- spots like that could do to maybe give the undercover, like very dope artists, like a chance. So.
1: Okay, with using the sneaker exchange example, right, Mm -hmm. I went to one of the first ones, I was still very young also. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was like back in 2013 or something. It was like in Newtown, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, like to see that place grow into what it's become. And the last one that I went to, I think it was like in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. But I've seen the, the amount of um creative freedom that they give the artists firstly so when you go to a Sneaker Exchange it's not just about sneakers right mm. you could go there you find a a gaming station you'd find someone that's producing clothes you'd find a bunch of upcoming hip hop artists or house artists mm. R&B whatever you find sneaker customizers you find a whole lot of um creatives In one space, and I feel like that platform is, yo, if a lot more, if it was pushed in certain um, areas of South Africa, I think it would be bigger than what it is right now. I've only been to the Joburg uh, sneaker exchanges, I don't know how it is in Cape Town or how yeah. it is in uh, Durban but I'm sure there's more than uh there's more sneakerheads around South Africa than just those three cities you know yeah. so I feel like this this platform could be pushed even more cuz if you look at things like uh SneakerCon in in the mm. USA America. Yeah that that thing is not just It's not just in New York or in LA or Uh... wherever. That thing is everywhere. (laughs) So I think Sneaker Exchange is one of the best platforms um, for for creatives in South Africa. Mm. But it should be pushed more. Like that thing, that event is also what you know made me fall in love with sneakers. Because you get there and you see some things that you've never even seen before and it's like yo I don't even know we had this in South Africa and you know so yeah I yeah. think I think it's a very good platform and it could also enable a lot of people to work with brands like Nike, Adidas, Puma, etc because mm-hmm. a lot of the people that actually um call the shots in those brands would actually mm-hmm. attend um most of these events because you know it's a bu it's a creative space so i'm guessing they also want to be within such spaces so yeah i think you it's it's a very good platform
0: yeah yeah i agree i think sne- we are almost there but i feel like i think we need to take it to the next level maybe i'm speaking too soon <laughs> but you look at how sneakercon has evolved like they have the app and they have multiple yeah. cities and because right now you said with um sneaker exchange obviously it's in durban johannesburg cape town that's like yeah. the capitals but you need to like expand
1: yeah cuz even like I, I actually live in in pretoria but people think mm-hmm. um because <laughs> of yeah, because of work, but <laughs> I, I, I predominantly am. But in Pretoria, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of sneakerheads, and I see it whenever I go and camp out for sneakers. Well, I haven't done it in a minute, but I, <laughs> yeah, ish, man, money you know, these things yeah, are expensive, <laughs> yeah, expensive
0: hobbies out here, man. Yeah, here you yeah. go.
1: But when I <laughs> when I when I camped out the last time in Pretoria, there were a bunch of like sneakerheads at at Cheshire and at Archive, mm. you know, in Menlin. and you see that there's love for these things within mm. the city, and we don't have a shelf life or uh
0: wait, wait, a wait, wait. Jack
1: Lemkus. yeah, like here in Pretoria, everything is 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 in Joburg, you know, so. I think we need to also look at other cities because one thing that I've also um, noticed when I when I camp out is that, mm. you know, when, when you speak to the homies in the line, it's like, yo, bro, are you here to buy for yourself or are you buying for someone? And some of the homies would be like, yo, man, I got a homie that's in Bloemfontein, but he can't get these shoes because there's mm-hmm. no Shesha in Bloemfontein, you know? Mm. So... I'm here for him, and that guy really wants these shoes, and I'm I'm his only um, connect, you know. Some I've I've even met a guy that I think he even flew down to Joburg yeah. for a release. Well, imagine, <laughs> imagine you go home without the shoes, you know. Mm. That that's, yeah, it that just, just shows, it, shows the, the it just shows the dedication and the love for for the for the culture, man. So I think we need to expand even more. And like you said, uh, sneaker exchange is one of the platforms that can um, evoke that change, I guess. Mm.
0: Yes, yes, I definitely agree. And I think we need need more of those people who are going to fly out for those sneakers, man. (laughs) Dedication. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I think for me, like my take is that we need yeah we just need to expand and obviously I think SA has a lot of talent but I think me and you can relate in this way because we are both I don't know are you finished with uni or like your last year
1: yeah I'm in my last year third year graphic design
0: okay third year so most of like when I speak with a lot of youngsters like similar ages, me and you like we we don't value the opportunities which we have in essay like you always hear everybody mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay, I'm here in essay, but now I wanna go to America, I wanna go to Europe. Like how would you describe the competition? Because obviously photography just over the span of like a few years has blown up. Obviously we can thank YouTubers for that and the other yeah. brands. Um how sorry your question was how would I describe like the competition, like if you could would compare like America like the competition in America to SA?
1: Um okay, firstly in essay I think the photography community has grown a whole lot more, man, and we're showing each other more love now. Um, I think it's because a lot of South Africans have also been, um, have had their eyes opened more to, to this, uh, industry because of social media. And I, I feel like that's a very beautiful thing because now it also allows people like, like me to work with these brands and all of that so i think the photography community in south africa is steadily growing you know and a whole lot of a a whole lot of the gatekeepers if i could say that (laughs) uh are, are being more uh they're more open to helping out like young photographers like me um and there's not so much competition if I could say that because like the spectrum of things that you could do within the photography industry, yo, it's it's just endless, you know. So I think it's growing in a sense. It's not where, you know. It's not like in the USA whereby you could actually yeah. be yo a millionaire off of this, but yeah, I think uh the South African photography industry is steadily it's it's slowly going there, you know, because a lot more mm. South Africans are, are being exposed to it, you know.
0: But yeah, simply, and I think mm-hmm i'd say that it's because we i think we also have better storytellers and i think people are more like aware on social media because you have like let's say the american photographers they're shooting their thing but when you see like the south african side like let's say you're going to the rural areas like whenever i post stuff like that on ig like because I'm a, an international person like people love that stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: I guess I guess that's also another thing that we have um on them like the USA is one big country but South Africa is one small country that has a whole lot of untold stories, you know? Cuz mm-hmm. we are a third world country. Oh, well, I think we are, yeah. Um <laughs> sorry to deviate like i've been uh, you've been out of south africa right into another african country yes. yeah i um, wouldn't mm-hmm. i wouldn't say we're a third world country because i've seen the conditions that like other africans live in and you're we are very lucky
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree because I've been to countries like Burundi and Uganda, yeah. and compared to those countries, like South Africa is much better off because we have right. highways. And, yeah. yeah, we're like kind of on top of the food chain in that perspective. We were but very lucky if you're judging. Yes, but yes. if you're judging us towards like America, maybe yeah, <laughs> then we are a third world country. But yeah, um, I think
1: because they've been a first world country like obviously things like photography and the sneaker game and all of that will be way more advanced but when they when they start looking at what we're doing they're gonna be very amazed because you know we have a whole load of untold uh stories and i guess that's what uh gives us the upper hand on the rest of the world actually because africa is not just south africa but africa is one huge place that has a whole lot of untold stories and i feel like that is also what's gonna make a whole lot of these brands and uh people in general just they they're just gonna look at us more because of
0: that yes yes i i agree with that i think it comes a time where I think maybe I I might play some prediction game here. Maybe they mm-hmm. might become bored of what's happening in America, then they might fly out to Japan. You Japan and China, like the sneaker stuff, is big there. They yeah. obviously get Chinese exclusives. We need our South African exclusives, man. <laughs> you see, that's exactly
1: that's what we need because I've there has been a couple of South African exclusive shoes. But it's not, it's not pushed like, you know, the, the European ones or the, the Asian ones or the American ones. Because yep. as a South African kid, I know of uh, European collabs that I want. Like, for example, the, the Nike um, Jordan 1 um, off-white collaboration, the white one, that only released in mm-hmm. Europe. Yeah, for example, yeah. that's a European shoe that an African kid wants. Why can't we have mm. a, a, an African shoe that a European kid wants, you know? We need yeah, we need more of that. Yeah, and I, I feel like mm. the brands that have the power to do that are slowly doing that. Like for example I'll use Carabo Poppy for as an example. Like she had that whole uh Nike Air force one collaboration and surprisingly enough you know it reached uh the usa and it landed up on lebron's feet and yeah it's something crazy like i (laughs) i was shook by that you know and it's slowly getting there you know i I feel Mm. like just that shows the potential that uh south african creatives have you know we have a whole lot of power um, to influence not just the rest of Africa but the rest of the world man
0: Yeah, I think that's that's good, good point. And I think that um, with sneakers in general, like it I feel it's more like we have the infrastructure, but I think what brands worry about. Is that like not many people come and buy? But even with this lockdown thing and the COVID 19 thing, we're still seeing a lot of sneakers still sell out. Facts, <laughs> straight facts. And yeah. I think, um,
1: from when I came, well, when I came into the game, if I could say that, it's a whole the internet has changed a whole lot of stuff because if we had to have this kind of lockdown five years ago or ten years ago a whole lot of these sneaker stores wouldn't be selling anything <laughs> you mm-hmm. know yeah. but the internet has changed all of that like we could <laughs> we could be uh, in bed right now and a shoe would drop and a whole lot of uh, Sneakerheads could get it from their bed, you know, and I feel like that is a very good thing, uh, sort of kinda, you know. I, actually, it has it has it's it's it's, its positives and negatives, you know, because I'm more of a I like to camp out kind of guy, but I've seen the benefits that the internet has uh, given us in this in this um, sneaker industry you know
0: yeah i definitely agree and i would like to hop on to what you just said like the camping Mm -hmm. out aspect i've personally not really ever camped out but i (laughs) think it's probably gonna happen soon like what would you say your experience would be like what's so special about camping out for a sneaker
1: first of all uh i think it's very cool to camp out because you're with like-minded people okay well mm-hmm. there's a, you're gonna be with a whole lot of resellers but that's precisely the point <laughs> but there's gonna be sneakerheads in the line that just wanna buy the shoe to rocket um and, mm. I, and i got nothing against resellers like you know it's a business on its own you know it comes with yeah. its good and 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 negative you know but the experience of camping out, it's I think it's something that every sneakerhead should go through, you know? You should catch like a sneaker type L. of passage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You should catch that L and you should catch that W from camping out. Because it's a it's an experience on its own, man. It teaches it teaches you that it, it shows you rather that you're not uh the only one in this uh crazy world you know like when people look at me it's like oh this guy like why does why does this guy have so many shoes why does this guy fantasize (laughs) over these shoes like Mm -hmm. this guy is insane these things just go on your feet and you just walk but it just shows it for me it's reassurance that you know i'm not I'm not the only one man i'm not I'm not some weird kid that just uh likes these things that go on our feet and it camping out has shown me that because I'm not the only one at the mall at freaking ten o'clock at night waiting for the shop the store to open the next morning, you know, so I think everybody should camp out it's it's a very fun experience like. I've been doing it since I don't know how long. Um, but yeah, like it's it's a very fun experience and it, it it's also it's even more fun if you if you're with your friends. But if you're not with your friends, I mean you'll make friends in the line and it's yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> you you gotta do it, man. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Nah, no, I definitely do it this year when lockdown uplifts and hopefully I'll catch the W. But I mean I'm sure it's yeah. gonna be for me, <laughs> yeah. But a whole yeah. lot of
1: these these sneaker stores are are not. They're no longer releasing their shoes. Uh, on a, first, a come first yeah, first come first serve basis. Raffle. Usually it's raffles now. Yeah, so the whole camping out thing is just <laughs> it's gone now. You know, Ooh. so well not like I think Shesha still releases some of their shoes on first, first come, come first serve. serve. But I've been seeing a whole lot of raffles. Uh, personally I'm not a big fan of that because it yeah, the resellers just get everything. <laughs> the backdoor
0: <laughs> like, people.
1: Yeah, not even because like now imagine uh you're in a line with ten resellers and there's only one of you, man, and these people Ew. came in a squad. So ah. it's like uh you know it was more fair when it was like uh first come first serve and you're still in line with resellers but now it's like yo bro yeah i'm gonna get my stuff and you're gonna get your stuff now it's like uh, they just get everything you know but yeah it's not always the case man. it's not always the case and like i said no shade to them i know like it's a business and i actually love that business because you know it shows that it's also another point of reassurance that (laughs) i'm not some weird guy that just likes shoes Uh, people that actually love these things so much that they'll pay uh, a premium price for them you know mm. so that's also the 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 good side of it i guess you know people can make a living off of uh, reselling sneakers
0: yeah, and I think my uh, the only pro which I'd take away from reselling is that it makes, like, if you have any hype pairs in the rotation and you don't like it afterwards, like, you don't yeah. take an like, you can always make your money off it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Reselling. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think reselling, I think also it, like if you missed on a sneaker, or let's say you don't have the money right now, like platforms yeah. like StockX and Goat, like you could always come back and get it.
1: Yeah, especially with some sneakers that okay, well, not more on the hyped stuff, but you know, some yeah. sneakers that just fly under the radar. You can go on those websites, and a couple of months down the line, there'll be below re, um, retail price you know and a whole lot of people wouldn't know that you know and I, I guess yep. patience is also another thing that you need in this uh, sneaker industry because you're mm-hmm. gonna catch a whole lot of L's but just be patient
0: man <laughs> yeah it's true man I think I've been I, I think some friends would call me a personal shopper because i look at like sneaker websites like all the time and something yeah. which i've found out is that most of the time like adidas with their ultra boost because m- most of the colorways which they drop are not that type every year like coming to the black friday month they always drop the price to like 2.5 to 2k yeah. so that's where like they sell their stuff so i've seen it happen like year and year and i'm like i'm not gonna pay the retail for the shoe
1: (laughs) (laughs) nah facts you see that's also another thing that uh people should do uh look at other avenues of just purchase purchasing uh the shoes that they want because some of these things just fly under the radar man like a whole lot of shoes we get in south africa uh hyped surely, but there's a whole lot of stuff there's a whole lot of heat <laughs> yeah. that is sitting on the shelves that people should look at too man and I guess that's also consumed by a a lot of the non sneaker heads but I feel like a whole lot a lot a lot more sneaker heads should uh look at purchasing shoes that are are not just hyped you know like I have a whole lot of Uh, sneakers that people wouldn't care about but to me it's like yo man this is fire
0: (laughs) no i agree i think for me there's that fine balance because wearing hype sneakers is fun but then again like that (laughs) you always think of that depreciation (laughs) yeah
1: yeah true but i mean you know with Okay, I don't know how how other people uh, see it, but with me, I don't care if my shoe loses all of its value, man. Like after Mm. I just I rock it, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I bought that shoe because I loved it, or I love it, and I wanna rock it. And a shoe for me becomes even better when. Mm it's got memories behind it so Mm. sure some shoes i would not go to some places with but Mm -hmm. you know there's some shoes whereby it's like yo man i really love this shoe and i don't care if it gets a bit dirty or whatever man like after all it's a shoe man and you know it can't be (laughs) it can't be on the shelf for its whole life you know it's just gonna deteriorate You know, and I feel like a whole lot of sneakerheads should start rocking their stuff, man. Like, Mm -hmm. don't just
0: don't just praise it (laughs) um, while
1: it's on your shelf. Yeah, just praise it while it's on your feet, man.
0: (laughs) I agree. I think for me, most of the sneakers which I've owned, I've rocked, and yeah, I think it's fun to wear your sneakers and experience it but yeah Mm. yeah it's 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 a good thing man it's a good thing and our last question oh wait Mm. no second last sorry (laughs) have you taken any of the orms classes orms i don't know if you know
1: orms um orms Orms direct So that it's a photography store, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Or it's a photography store, and they also give like classes for video editing, anything to do with cameras.
1: I actually didn't know about those classes, eh? Oh really? <laughs> I, yeah, like surprisingly, I I oh, learn a okay. lot of stuff on YouTube, actually, and oh, okay. through, YouTube. I learned through actually. Picking up my camera, you know and going just, outside yeah, like oh, my my creative process okay recently it's changed because because of graphic design actually because of studying graphic design. Yeah. so at school, what they would teach us well I've been doing this not knowing that I've been doing this, but you know like planning everything out and then just executing. You know, surely mm. like uh, back then I, I didn't really, you know, write down stuff and create mood boards and all of that, but I, I knew what I wanted to do and I would execute it. But now I've I've learned from school that it's very important to know what you want to do and execute it exactly that way because you don't want to get to a photo shoot or you don't want to just do a project and then just freestyle it, you know, because sometimes mm. the end result is not going to be <laughs> as desirable, you know, but yeah. sometimes it works, you know, like sometimes you're just lucky, but I feel like planning <laughs> planning uh, helps a lot, eh? But yeah, I I, agree. I, learned, I learned a whole lot of stuff on YouTube, so... With the ohms stuff, I need to check that out, man. Maybe they can teach me something new because <laughs> I never yeah. I never stop learning.
0: Now that's a good trait, man. I also am um, trying to learn different things. Yeah, I agree. You need to plan, like, even with this podcast thing, could you imagine me not having <laughs> research any questions or just... <laughs> yeah.
1: You see, like, it, it, it helps a terrible. lot, man, because... When when I was a whole lot younger, it was just, like, uh, I like the love for photography it just it drove me to creating things, you know. But I, mm. I would never really, like, plan, like, oh, this is actually what I want to do. It was just a thing in my mind, like, oh, okay, this is cool. Let me try it. I never really mm. wrote down a game plan on, like, oh, okay, if I do it like this, it's going to come out like this. But now that I've gotten some sort of experience, you know, uh, I would say it, it it really does help to to plan. And for a platform like OMS to be mm. giving out free um, online classes, it actually helps a lot, too, because that also teaches you um, not just a new set of skills, but how to use those things, you know. And when it's coupled with the knowledge of uh, planning and uh,
0: the skills and execution, um, and you are unstoppable. Yes, no, I've, I, yeah, I think that's good, and I think it's also good for Orms to do more things like that to just open the door to like new creatives, especially young people, people in still in school. Yeah, yeah, and I think for me with photography, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I can say I thought we lost connection, thank goodness not. For me with photography, it's been like a roller coaster because I started a while ago. I didn't have my own camera, like my mom and dad had like a camera and a video camera. So that's where I started, like whenever we would travel or let's say go to church, like just practice taking photos with that. And then my thirteenth birthday, I got my first camera. And the, the bad thing with me is I've lost so many cameras, like it's so bad. <laughs> but luckily, luckily now, my, the main camera which I have is the Canon Seven Fifty D. I've had it for Yay. like one or two years, and I think I don't think I'm gonna lose it because it's too expensive. <laughs> yeah, you you wouldn't wanna lose such a camera. <laughs> my parents would not get me another one after that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. that's and how's your experience on shooting with that camera because i've i've shot with mm. it a couple of times back when i when i never had a camera i would borrow this other guy's uh 750d that camera actually mm. it actually did a lot for me hey
0: <laughs>
1: I, at yeah, the time I, think... I couldn't afford it but that guy had it so i was
0: just like yo bro whenever you can please please just borrow me (laughs) i think it's a very nice camera because it's got a touch screen and you can take photos and i've used it a bit like to film some videos so it just shows you how the cameras have come very far that it's not just obviously you do get your more professional cameras which like specialize in shooting but it's yeah. not, it doesn't just take pictures, it can take pictures, do time lapse videos. So it's a very good camera. I'd say it's yeah. a, like, it's crazy how you, like I, when I put it on auto, you can take pictures. You don't have to be a pro to take good pictures. But then when you put it on manual, that's where your skill comes in.
1: Yeah, but, that's true. And I feel like every photographer should shoot in manual from the get-go because mm. uh, auto is not advisable. You know, like, it's it's a safe space. Mm. But yeah. for you to actually learn how to use a camera, as soon as you step out the store with that thing, don't put mm. it on auto. <laughs> you know, put sure. that thing on manual. should be on manual the whole time, you
0: know. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think I took visual art in matric and the teacher always told us put it on the auto, put it on auto. Mm-hmm. But I th- once I put it on manual, like it was so much more fun because you can play with how blurry the photo is and you can like push yeah. it just a bit more because I feel with when you put it on auto mood, it plays it safe. So it, it makes sure you get a good result, but with manual, like it's so much more fun. I don't know.
1: Yeah, because with auto, it's gonna it's gonna think for you. On on manual, mm. you are you're the driver of that car, man. You know, you
0: yes. are doing everything. <laughs> <laughs> on
1: auto, ah, uh, it's just taking <laughs> you along <laughs> for the ride. <laughs> mm.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Auto, yeah, man. Yeah. And like, what's your experience with photography? Like, where do you think you're gonna go with it? Um
1: okay now that I'm gonna graduate soon actually um and I have a company with my homie I would like to maybe okay not maybe but uh, take it more to an international space so I'd mm. like to uh showcase our work on an international scale, you know. But before all of that, I want to work with a whole lot of brands in South Africa, man, Um, within the fashion industry and the automotive industry, so with cars. So that's really my main goal for the company that... Uh, my friend and I have uh, Lizetti. Um, mm. yeah, I I would really like us to work with a whole lot of South African brands and international brands within South Africa. You know,
0: mm.
1: in the next yeah, coming think- five years. You know, so yeah, and then above that, you know, I just want the world to to see my work, man. <laughs> mm. <laughs> You know, like if if it can make one person happy, then I'm happy. And usually that one person is me, but, you know, <laughs> make another person happy, I guess that's also,
0: yeah, that's also good. <laughs> yeah, man, you need to start small. And yeah, I think it's a good thing to hear because whenever I speak with other people like they're like okay we need to take this to the next level like we need everybody to be on this but they don't realize that most of like even people who came before us like they were doing things which was not publicly acceptable but now like baggy jeans are back the dunks are back so it it takes time it takes time
1: yeah man i mean i I don't really need uh, validation from anyone you know apart from myself but it's good to see when uh, people appreciate your work because you know uh, like as a human you you like um, you'd like to make other people happy besides yourself mm-hmm. so if my work does that then I guess I'm successful
0: <laughs> yes yeah I think that's very good and I want to thank you for coming on the show man we, we i'm going to wish you all the best and if you want to look at his work obviously his links of his socials will be in the description and yeah thank you man uh, thank you for having me man
1: this is actually i think this is my first podcast
0: hey yeah actually
1: i actually had an I've, I've done a couple of interviews but I, I did one interview that was also turned into a podcast. So I don't know if that if that counts, but this is my first, like, yeah, podcast, podcast.
0: <laughs> yes, that's like you've taken the main stage, put your story out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for actually having me, man. This was actually a dope experience.
0: Yes, man. Thanks. We, we'd love to have you on the show and you can just debrief us on any future plans, like with the brands.
1: Yeah, for, for sure, man. When when the whole lockdown is over,
0: there's, yes. you know, there's a
1: whole lot of stuff planned, man. You just, just keep mm. a look out on the social IG. media pages. Yeah. On yeah, on my IG more so. Yeah, my Twitter, mm. I just talk a whole lot of cock.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, I just
1: talk cac on Twitter, man. But yeah, mm. just keep a look out on my IG and trust me. Uh, the work that's coming is yeah i, I feel like it's gonna be insane
0: <laughs> yeah man it's been nice having you and yeah it's been good man wish you all the best thank you very much man yes